Chapter 20 of Curly by Roger Pocock. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Ferrari. Chapter 20. The Marshal's Posse. McCalmont backed his team to the buckboard, lifted the wagon tongue to the ring of the yoke bar, and jumped a hitch on the traces, just as Buck reigned all standing to report. There's a strong posse, says Buck coming out from the mule pass, maybe sixty riders, and they're surely burning the trail straight for this ranch. Were you seen? No, sir. Bowlegs, Johnny, Steve, you're mounted, so you'll collect the herd, drive north, and keep wide of the trail. Crazy hoss, hold this team. Doc, throw my saddle on that sorrel and lead north. Buck, make the camp search and follow. Closing all signs except the wheel track. Jim, help the herders. Get a move on. McCalmont had got through with the harnessing while he slung his orders. Now he went to work smooth and quiet, pulling on his chaps, leather leg armor, and buckling his spurs while his cool eye searched the yard. Buck, he called, let the water drain out of that hoss trough. That water wouldn't look natural on an empty ranch. McCalmont brought Curly in his arms, bedded her down in the rig, drew the ground sheet over to keep off the sun and dust, and passed a lashing across. After that, he locked the door of the cabin and hung the key on its nail. It was just that thoughtfulness in little plays which made McCalmont loom up great in his business. Two minutes after the first alarm, he grabbed the reins, jumped to his seat, and drove off slow from the yard, aiming to show by the tracks that Cocky Brown's old buckboard had not pulled out in a hurry. Buck and Crazy Hoss stayed to brush out a few spare tracks, put up the slip rails, and followed. For all one could see at the little ranchita, La Soledad, the owner, Cocky Brown, had trailed off for supplies to the city. Then, a couple of riders had happened along shortly after and read the notice which was left for dear bill on the door mccalmont just poured his whip into the team as buck came up abreast all set he asked all set sir can we get behind them hills before we're seen by the posse buck looked back to the boys who were sweating the herd astern yes he shouted i reckon you done right smart, sir, to get Curly out in that mess. You'll be pleased to know, Buck, that my Curly is engaged to be married to this Duchesne colt. Buck's face went white, but he just spurred along, saying nothing. A fold of the ground shut out the ranch behind. A hill barred off the country to the left, and if the posse could see the dust of the flying outfit, they might well mistake that for one of the whirlwinds which curve around the desert wherever the sun burns strong. Buck, says McCalmont, reach back to the skyline and see if that posse puts out on our trail from the ranch. At dusk, I quit this grave city road and strike due east. If you're delayed, just roll your trail right east for Holy Cross. In the morning, we round up all the stock we can find there and pull out for home. You understand? I understand, says Buck, and swung off for the skyline. 
the breaking out of evil passions between the cowboys and the grave city citizens opened my eye to the fact that this city was getting a whole lot obsolete since the mines began to peter out its population of twelve thousand assorted criminals had shrunken away to mere survivals living to save the expense of funeral pomps counting in tramps tourists and quite a few dogs expected visitors and the deer departed these ruins claimed a population of one thousand persons mostly escaped from penitentiary it made me feel lonesome to think of such a tribe with its mean ways distorted intellects and narrow views about me on the other hand there was bisley a sure live mining town in the mule pass where the people were youthful happy and sympathetic after that melancholy victory of mine at la marita i came button along to bisley where i reckon i could have a glass of lager beer without being shot to any great extent besides that united states marshal hawkins lives there who's always been a white man and a good friend to me i found his house away up the gulch above bisley city and he being to home just whirled right in telling him how sick my heart was and how my fur was all bristles he said he was disgusted with me for getting mixed up with local politics and robbers naturally i explained how i'd only been acting as second in a duel between balshannon and that ryan he agreed i was modest in the way i put my case and that i ought to be hanged some in the public interest how about the robbers says he is there robbers about says i is there really now he snapped out news of the la marita raid that very morning and i own up i was shocked all to pieces when he told me what had happened to those fragile guards why man says he it's all your doing and i had to wire for the doggone cavalry cavalry says i poor things do you reckon they'll get sore feet i opine says the marshal that you'll get a sore neck soon and sudden you double dealing cattle stealing hoss thief where do you think you'll go to when you're lynched so he went on denouncing around until it was time to eat then asked me to dinner after that mrs hawkins was plenty abusive too close herding me until supper when marshall came home hawkins thoughtful to keep me out of mischief made me bed down for the night in his barn and i made no how because here at bisley close to the boundary i would get the first news of jim and curly it made me sick to think how helpless i was to find them in the morning a squadron of cavalry arrived by rail had coffee in town and trailed off in their harmless way to patrol the boundary for fear of somebody stealing mexico i lay low but mending a sewing machine which had got the fantods according to mrs hawkins i treated the poor thing for inflammation of the squeam until it got so dead i couldn't put it together any more my mind was all set on my lost kids out yonder in the desert but mrs hawkins grieved for the dead machine and chased me out of the house just then came the marshal swift back from bisley town on a bicycle 
Say, Chalky, he yelled, I want you to saddle my mare and get mounted yourself, pronto. When I came out with the horses, I found him fondling his shotgun, so I buckled on my guns and inquired for the name of my enemy. You know Cocky Brown, he asked as we rode down street. I know he makes a first-rate stranger, says I. His doggone son is here and busy drunk and lets out that old Cocky is getting rent for La Soledad. Who is the low-code tenant? Some poor tourist? It's that doggone McCalmont and his robbers. And yet, Mr. Hawkins, you laid the blame on me for raiding La Marita? It makes me sick for raiding La Marita. Why, of course, McCalmont's robbers, the same gang which shot up the sepulchre crowd at Grave City. That explains everything. Well, I'm sure sorry, old friend, that I laid the blame on you. Mr. Hawkins, says I, hadn't you better tell the pony soldiers that they're barking up the wrong tree? I will, and get their help in surprising that doggone McCallum at La Solidae. A good idea. That was his idea, not mine, and I disown it. Suppose that Jim and Curly were hit up there at La Soledad. We can get them ordinary hold-ups, says I indignant, without being cluttered with a heap of military infants. Why, your half-fledged molten cavalry would just get right in our way by tumbling all over their cells. In the town, we found the citizens surging around for encouraging liquors before they hit the trail. They were all bristling with pocket flasks and artillery, some on mules, some on sore back plugs from the livery stable. Besides that, there were heroes in sulkies and dog traps and buckboards, warriors on bicycles, and three on a pioneer motor car, which blew up with a loud explosion in front of the Turkish divan. Mixed in with that milling herd were seven of my La Marita raiders, howling for robbers' blood and gassing about the disgracefulness of molesting frontier guards. Then they circled round a tenderfoot on a pinto horse and told him how the robbers fed red-hot coals to a prisoner. Well, I admire, says the shorthorn. Oh, you needn't believe me, says Lion Ike. Ask Chalkeye here. He's truthful. Stranger, says I, allow me to introduce you to Mr. Lion Ike. He has an impediment in his truth, but otherwise will survive until he's lynched. Now, sir, the marshal over yonder says that he yearns for your advice. The tenderfoot loped off joyful to teach the United States marshal while I spoke to my cowboys like a father. You moth-eaten bookworms, says I, your stories is prehistoric, and your lies is relics. Now you want to encourage them poor tourists, because we needs them. Tourists graze out slothful on the trail. They're noisy to warn their prey, and they flit like bats as soon as a robber shoots. Send all the tourists you can to tell good advice to Marshal Hawkins, quick. As to the real folks who can ride and shoot, beguile them to feed, lead them up against the fire water, scatter them, delay. This marshal needs our help, you blighted sufferers. Do you want the marshal to get Jim and poor Curly McComet, you idiots? So we scattered to help the marshal, 
sending him earnest talkers while his fighting men went off and lost themselves did i act mean i wonder sometimes whether i'd done right for jim or curly doggone hawkins was as mad as a wet hen too hoarse for further comments when after a couple of hours he rode off alone to hunt robbers so we had to follow to save the old man from being shot i came up abreast as soon as i could and in a voice all hushed into whispers he just invoked black saints and little red angels to comfort me on a grid i reckon it was four o'clock when our circus all hot and dusty after a ten-mile ride charged down upon la soledad the place looked so blamed peaceful that the marshal stared pop-eyed while i'll be doggone says he and let us riders traffic around innocent tramping out all the ground sign when he saw cocky's memorandum on the door of the shack he couldn't bear it any longer chalkite says he i'll be doggoned if that ain't gone with the buckboard for grub if that ain't enough to scorch a yeller dog and yet says i you blamed us for hanging back wow he groaned the drinks is on me this time let's go home but i knew jim's handwriting i knew that he and curly were with the buckboard i knew that the brains of mccalmont himself were behind a plate like this i looked up the grave city trail the way to my ranch the way that the buckboard had gone with my kids you may go home sir says i but i'm off to my home before you leads me any more astray corrupting my pure morals doggone hawkins froze me with his eyes if your soul he says were to stray out onto your doggone cheek it would get lost i'm always getting misunderstood like that by people who ought to know better you see i had to shock old hawkins or he would notice at once that i aimed to follow the buckboard cyclist said i dog traps sulkies buggies wagons sore back horses mules tender foot look at your circus and say if that ain't enough to corrupt a longhorn's mortals hello look at that a man was coming down from the north lickety split on a roan with a rangy stride he wore sombrero shirt chaps with streaming fringes a brace of guns to his belt he rode with a cowboy swing to his broad shoulders and his face was black with rage as he pulled up facing our crowd guns drawn for war boys he shouted war's your sheriff i followed hawkins as he rode up to confront the stranger i'm united states marshal hawkins what's your doggone business that needs drawn guns i'm buck hennessy segundo to the robber's roost gang of outlaws and my guns are to shoot if i see you flirt that smooth boy your business state's evidence take it or leave it and who's your doggone evidence against against captain mccallum curly his his son and six others robbers and that polecat jim duchesne of holy cross well throw down your doggone guns throw up your doggone hands and say sir when you dare to address an honest man 
Now you get off of that horse. Doggone Hawkins, says the robber. I ain't no prisoner. I ain't your meat. I don't propose to hold up in your flea trek calaboose, and I quit this hoss when I'm dead. Take my talk for state's evidence or go without. Shockeye, says the marshal aside, is he covered? Say the word, and I drop him. All right, now, Hennessy, at the first break you die. You may talk. McCalmont's outfit, says Buck, is breaking for Holy Cross. Tomorrow morning they round up cattle, and then they drive right home to Robber's Roost. You're going to guide us, Mr. Doggone Robber, or get plugged as full of holes as a doggone city. Guide you, says Buck, and spat at him. Guide you, I wouldn't be seen dead with your tin-horned crowd of measly bed-ridden tourists. I can't insult you worse than saying that your mother was a sport, your father hung, and their offspring a skunk. Now all you deck of cowards, he let drive with both his guns, but I shot first, and only just in time. One bullet grazed my ear, the other killed a horse, but my shot had done its work and spoiled his aim. His eyes rolled up white, his face went dead. He sat there, a corpse in the saddle, for maybe a minute, until I yelled, and the horse shied, and the body lurched forward, crashing to the ground, splashing a cloud of dust, which was red with the sunset. End of chapter 20